0: We're back at it again. You are in the club, Powered by Club Colors. I'm excited today because I've got a guy on by the name of Chris Vogt who is coming. He's a chip off the block, right? Exactly the methodology that if I had the guts that Chris has, I would probably do more often. But what he's done is figure out a way to bring comedy into the business world for content creation. He prides himself on making mercifully short content, short video creation. And by the way, it could be educational, it could be comedic. It's to drive revenue, drive prospects, drive demand, and drive your revenue opportunities. Chris, thanks so much for being on the show today. You are in the club, sir. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. So I'm curious, what is the number one objection that you get from the decision makers that you have to interact with? Because I would imagine that a difficulty that you have is brands have guidelines, right? They have boundaries, and they kind of have, um, you know, messaging and a voice that they that they bring out to the marketplace. And in many cases, it's not, you know, comedic, right? Um, and that's kind of some of the foundation of how you've built Chris Bogue Communications, right, Christopher Bogue Communications. So, what's some of the common objections that you get, and how would you speak to that? If
1: you want me to be honest, it's actually the exact opposite. Beautiful. Objection. I come in and I'm like, let's get you trained on video. Let's get you disciplined with your message. Let's get you in 30 seconds or less. And they're like, oh, we're actually going to work in 40 different directions with no coordination at all and no process. And we're just going to hope for the best. Okay. Like for <laughs> um, Business leaders don't know how to do this because business schools do not teach it. Business schools teach you how to make cold calls, how to send emails, how to make uh, sales presentations, slide decks. They do not teach you how to go on video. They just don't. They don't teach yeah. you how to make vidyards. They don't teach you how to make TikToks. And um, what happens is you get salespeople who try, they get a vidyard account or a bomb bomb account. They make five videos, it takes them seven hours. None of them get watched. And they go, you know what? I don't have time for video. I got to go make 200 cold calls. And it's like, guys, if you took a little bit of extra time to get good at video, you wouldn't have to make as many cold calls. You know, you could make sure that you're showing up and you're being seen and heard where your prospects are. And then when you pick up the phone, you're not a stranger anymore. But um, sales leaders like to win. They have won doing it their old way. Yes. And um, most people have not just taken the time to dive into this because there's no uh, there's no manual for how to do it. So um, I have decided, I quit my job, I was doing sales for 10 years, and I'm like, you know what, I've got on-camera training, I've got a lot of performance training and script writing and sales training, I'm going to be the guy who figures this out. I'm going to write the book, I'm going to write the class, uh, I'm going to come up with a process, and then I'll have a process. And I think people just don't know how to get started, John.
0: Well, I think it's fantastic because I do come from that old school methodology. And I know if you've been in sales for 10 years, one of the things that kind of forced us into a different way was the pandemic. It's amazing how we could take something that was absolutely horrible and awful and uh, find the beauty in how we can offset it. Right. There was no beauty in the pandemic, of course. But what we had to do is we had to figure out how to adjust. I had come from a lifestyle of you made 300 phone calls. You did. You pulled on door handles. You had 30 seconds to earn a minute, a minute to earn five, five to earn a presentation. And then you got into the demo and it was two or three callbacks and touches. And then you look for a way to kind of revamp the presentation and close. Right. So that was a standard process. But it was typically one to one. So you were talking at one at a time, one at a time. To your point, what we learned in the COVID process is I started to transition into this. I just posted about this today is It did. It was daunting, but in scary to get on video and to start to talk to the masses, talk to the many. And um, instead of that one to one, throwing that messaging and thought leadership out there and getting our why across and talking about the problems that we solve and then having clients go, hey, that's interesting. I'd like to follow. I'd like to be part of your community, supporting them. And then next thing you know, they're sending a DM saying, by the way, can you do this? Can you do this? And now all of a sudden I'm not having to pre- present. I'm now answering questions. Well, that's the key to sales, right? Is getting to the point where you're answering questions and uh, developing solutions. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And your training came from improv, right? So yeah. give us a little bit of your background of how you took your original uh, kind of dream or goal. And then the the sales career and smashed them together. And now you're going to write this book on how to social sell and create mercifully short content to drive revenue.
1: Yeah. So it's funny because you use the word improv and people go, I could never do that. You know, that's, that's actually one of the big objections I get. They go We're Maybe- improv-ing right now. <laughs> we are. Life is an improvisation. Yeah. Um, I think the word I'm going to start using is intuition. What I'm doing and what you're doing in sales is you are creating situations where you have to rely on your intuition and um you know you learn in improv it's it's all an exercise about how to stop thinking you know ah. and um you you're trying to they they say on uh, the first thing they tell you in improv school is don't be funny you're not allowed to tell jokes stand up is about telling jokes right yeah. um it's all setups and punchlines improv is about listening and what audiences really love is, you know, you'll bring a guest up, you'll interview them, they'll tell you a five-minute story, and 20 minutes later in the show, you pull out one of those little specific details, you know, um, and you see I've got, you know, a saxophone and a synthesizer in the background because uh, in this creative uh, journey, I've just started learning music again because uh, now I'm on TikTok, musicians do better on TikTok, yeah. and I, I'm not a musician, so I'm like, I'm just going to learn to play in front of the audience and um i am always even if something goes viral i am it is a two-person scene i am one character and the camera is another character and i'm taking them on an experience with me and um jazz and sales and hostage negotiations and therapists (laughs) and there are all these different fields specific disciplines where it's all about can you listen Can you react to what the other person is doing in the moment? And um, yeah, I started saying, you know what? I'm going to go out there on LinkedIn. I don't see anybody doing it this way. So instead of following the book for how you get a SaaS business to, you know, turn into a rocket ship, quote unquote, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to play by the rules of improv. I'm gonna cold FaceTime people on April Fool's Day. I'm gonna go out in public as Vague Man and interview industry leaders and characters.
0: Yeah, I throw myself in situations. The LinkedIn superhero. (laughs) But the the
1: audience is like they watch because they're like, I don't know what the hell I would do in this situation, Mm -hmm. and um, you know you learn the improv tricks, which is yes and. That is the golden rule of improv. It's like, yes, you can never say no. Neg- right. Right. You have to, you have to accept the gifts that the other person gave you. And that's true in sales too. Yeah. If the person is wrong, you can't just tell them they're wrong. You have to have an interaction. You have to lead them to a place where they discover that they, they've missed something, you know? Um, but it is all, it is always a back and forth. And, I love improv because it's not about proving you're funnier than the other person. It's giving the other person an opportunity to look good. And you're trying to find games, you know, they're called game moves so you can start playing together and you're doing the same thing in sales. You're not there to show them that you're the best and the smartest and that your product is the best. You want to get them talking. You want to get questions that are going to excite their imagination. And then you discover the thing together and you know, they're, they're more similar than people realize. And I think it's just, people think it's this alien other thing because most people haven't actually, like, done improv for 15 years.
0: Ah, yes. This is John Morris, host of In The Club, powered by Club Colors. I am so excited today to talk to you about our sponsor for this episode, SalesCast. SalesCast is the operating system for the B2B podcasting community of sales, marketing, and revenue professionals. They have an inclusive online community, courses, tutorials, events, guest matching, and even world-class managed production services. Their mission is to connect 100 million sellers to the power of story. Thanks again, SalesCast. Enjoy the show. So we're watching this happen right now, or you're listening to this happen right now, if you're uh, gracious enough to listen to this podcast. I had given a description as to what Chris does and how his business works, and his reaction wasn't, no, that's not what we do his reaction was, I would say that in opposite way, right? So that, did, that made me feel like, okay, great, he's going to add value to the conversation rather than stiff-arming me and making me feel wrong. He said, no, I'd say it in an opposite way, meaning there was still validity in what I was saying, but he would have defined it different. Is that kind of what you're talking about as it relates to the interaction that you would have with a potential client, uh, how you would frame things so that you keep them engaged.
1: Yeah, so it is, and it's all about, like, you know, I always say, people don't Google any things, John. You, If you show up in your face and you're saying relevant things and, you know, your words make sense to your audience, they just accept you as an authority figure, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, my whole thing with improv is, like, You learn to play different types of roles, right? You learn to play, um, it's called high-status characters and low-status characters. I've got two characters that are popular with my LinkedIn fans. I have the boss, who is me as a uh, much angrier, much more vulgar, uh, (laughs) no-nonsense businessman, and then Zegman, who is just – Yeah, we've all had a boss like that. He's a combination of every terrible sales boss I've ever had, uh, plus all my worst demons. Um, But they're two opposite characters. One is very high status, and one is very low status. And um, we play different versions of ourselves based on who we're talking to. Um, Mm -hmm. One exercise we would do in improv was it was called a La And it was basically like it would be person A and person B. And let's say person A is the boss and person B is their subordinate, right? Um, maybe the boss is really, you know, reaming them and just yelling at them, making them feel small. Um, if, when person C tags in and they tag out the employee, now it's them and the, and the boss, maybe it's that now they're playing the boss's wife and you're seeing at home, he's not in charge anymore. You know, you're seeing him in a lower yeah. status. And, um, you know, the way I look at it in uh, sales is I always ask, which one of us is Batman? right? Um, if I'm talking to someone who knows, no, this is my, this is what I ask myself. You ask yourself Um, internally. Got it. Yeah. Do, am I showing up as Batman or am I talking to someone who thinks they're Batman? You know, um, if I need to be Batman, I'm talking to someone who is like, I do not have a sales process. I do not know anything about video. I'm totally lost. They want me to come in there and save the day. They wanted me to say, hey, you know what? This is, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do. It's going to work. All you need to do is listen to me. Now, I sell to CEOs and sales leaders too. And John, you might know, um, those people aren't exactly lacking in confidence. Yeah, <laughs> They yeah. think they're Batman. Batman is literally a CEO, right? So yeah. then the question comes, do they want me to be Robin or do they want me to be Alfred? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm uh, Robin, I am just being like, look, you've got a business to run. Um, you know, you got to save the day, you got to save Gotham. Why are you spending all your day fighting these low-level thugs? You know, why don't you let me take care of this smaller problem and you can go out there and save the day, you know? Um, Or if they want me to be Alfred, you know, what they want is just me to tell them why the thing I'm selling is like the new state-of-the-art thing that they're going to want because they're, you know, Hey, this one, it comes, you're going to be scaling the sides of buildings and it comes in black and it fits nicely in here. And I'm just making the case for why they need it in their tool belt, you know, but um, I need to understand how they see themselves first. And then I can pick which, which energy I want to play off of them, you know, and all my sketch comedy, it's all about playing two different energies off of each other. And, um, yeah, I used to sell the college professors. So it's like, they like teaching. So I am not going to go in there as a teacher. I'm going to go in there as the student and I'm going to let them teach me because that's, what's natural for them. Um, I'll ask the questions that a student would ask. And, um, you know, it's like, I need, I I just show you where the sale is. Yes. It's just which version of me is going to get them to open up and, um, You know, do you want to go in with a hard approach? Do you want to go in with a soft approach? I've gone in there as the cocky, hey, I'm the expert. I'm on the cutting edge doing this stuff. Um, I've gone in there being like, hey, I'm a new business owner. I don't really know. I'm new here. Mm -hmm. just want to introduce myself. Um, You can control how you're perceived in this if you do the first interaction on video. You know, and I found that it's hard for sellers with the cold calling because you're starting at a disadvantage.
0: Uh, you don't have are, time to Just, figure out which, which, which kind of form you need to take because you can't read the personality type that fast. Whereas you're saying with the content creation, you can kind of give them an idea of which types of characters that you can mold into. And then they'll be intrigued by whichever one of those it is. Uh, so you might walk in and they go, I love vague man. Now you know maybe where they stand, so you have a better idea of what role you need to take. Whereas, um, they might go, "I hated that. Uh, I hated that boss. That that boss guy." Well, maybe that's because that's who they are, right? So you have the ability to read it. Is that what you're saying? Through the content creation, you become known before you're known, almost.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a whole. I'm doing a whole other thing now that I'm an entrepreneur. But back when I was a sales rep, you know, I would look at and especially sales teams, any teams that use a recorder like Gong Mm -hmm. or um, even old, you know, you you go through outreach, you go through old Zoom calls. I always look at, I guess, like imagine a cold call that fails, right? Um, If that was an important person and I had tried to get them on the phone four months later, I would go back and I would listen to the call that failed, you know, and I would say, what energy did this prospect say no to? You know, um, if somebody came in overly assumptive and they just got shut down, I go, okay, I need to go in there with a little humility. I need to go in there with a little bit of vulnerability. Um, if I listen to that call and someone was really kind of vulnerable and they got shut down, I go, you know what, I'm going to have to be assumptive with this guy. And I got, I got to try a different tack. And, um, when I was selling to university professors, it was one of those things where, um, one of my schools had an exclusive contract with a competitor. And that means that the, their students got to use the competitor solution for free. Whereas they would have to pay $25 a student for the thing that I was selling. And I did some talking to the decision makers and I found that nobody was adopting this solution, even though it was free. And I watched the video content from their sales rep. And he was like square jawed, blonde, curly hair, Chad looking guy. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is the guy that my prospects are saying no to. So I'm going to come in looking different. So when I made my videos, I put on a sweater and my bookshelf was a little messy. I looked a little bit more like a college professor. And yeah. I'm like, this guy's talking about ROI and there's all these elbows, did you? Oh, I wish. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get them intellectually. You know, yeah. all these, all these numbers and stuff aren't working. I'm going to talk to them about critical thinking. I'm going to talk to them about their pedagogy and what they're teaching about. And I always tell people I got on video because I had to, I like, this was not the plan. Um, I was selling to college professors and the, the three best ways to reach them was call their office, visit them on campus or visit them at a conference and
0: gone. COVID ruined all, all of those. Yes.
1: Yes. And I, I got on video. I kept it 30 seconds. I was the only sales rep who was sending 30-second videos instead of three-minute videos. And all of a sudden, I hit my quota like two months early. And, and all, all these people that had been rejecting my company for years, suddenly I was getting meetings with them. And I was yeah. like, this is so powerful. Because, um, yeah, you can stand out from all the other stuff in their inbox. And you, all you need to do is look at the camera and talk about them
0: you found your differentiator which is absolutely beautiful and it gave you purpose as well which is even better right um i i know your answer to this question because i follow you right and and i okay. i take time to engage in your co- in your posts and i learn from you right so so i know what your answer is going to be but for our audience i'm a sales rep i've got a budget i've got the boss on me i got to do uh QB QBRs. I've got to do, you know, uh, I've got to put everything into the CRM. When in the world do I find the time to do video content every day? I mean, with everything, I'm already working 10 hours a day. And now Chris and the sales manager, you've now come at me and you're telling me that now I've got to add to this and create content. How in the world am I going to do this? How is this even possible? What's your answer to that? Um, Oh, there's a little delay. Wait, sorry.
1: It, the video cut off. There was a little delay in the video, so I missed the end of your sentence.
0: What is what's your answer to that? I know what your answer is going to be, but so that you know, the the sales the sales team that you're presenting to, probably through the sales manager or, or executive team, who's agreed to this, right? Now the salespeople are saying, uh-huh. "Well, how in the world am I going to find the time with everything I have to do to create content? Where am I going to find the time to do this? I got So you're telling me I got to record every day." How do I do this?
1: Yeah, do it on Fridays. (laughs) I say it's like your team, if your team slacks off on Friday anyways, you do an hour of batching.
0: And And sales teams, we know that you do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, it's just they they slack off. I always loved selling on Fridays because, I, yeah. you know, my, my theory was if my prospects are procrastinating, it's easier for me to get five minutes out of them, you know. Um, but whatever. Friday is a day where people, like, take inventory for the next week. Um, and so the thing I tell them is, like, look, I do – I have an insane amount of video content going out there every week. It's because I batch, you know. Explain um, batching. I that was out- exactly
0: what I wanted you to answer. Explain batching to everybody.
1: Yes. So um, for sales, what this means is if I want to send out a video to 10 people, I don't record 10 separate videos. I record one video and I just record 10 messages back to back to back all on one file. So the file is about five or six minutes long, um, but I just chop it into ten little short things and just upload all ten to Vidyard and send them out at once. So um, I tell them you can make if five videos should not take you longer than an hour. You know, um, with a little practice, you can do five in an hour. They should go to your VIPs. They should go to people who are are more likely to open it. Um, And the other thing about video is the person on your team who's best at video might not even be the best salesperson, and that is fine. And let me give you a very practical example of how this works, John. Um, when you're in the university system, there is a type of professor who comes from Asia, they come from some country in Asia, and they change their name because they get sick of people like me mispronouncing it, right? And um, These were the professors that would never, ever, ever take meetings with me, right? They would just see my name pop up. They'd see my signature, wouldn't even read it, right? Um, But my account manager spoke Mandarin, right? Um, Different look, different personality. So I got 30 seconds of her giving a general message, just being like, hey, uh, I'm the account manager here for USC. I work personally with all the professors. Here's why we're interested in chatting with you. Right. All of a sudden, those professors started setting demos with me. Commonality. It's because it's because the storyteller looked like their audience. Mm-hmm. And all these organizations, they are hiring diverse teams. They want a diverse story. And I tell them all you have to do is let your whole team tell the story. And um The other thing I say too, and, you know, the, the batching for vidyards that's, that looks like five to 10 prospects at a time. Um, I will do one hour batching sessions on TikTok where I will literally get 20 videos filmed in one hour and I'm just one guy, you know, some of these marketing teams out there and sales teams, they have dozens of people. So it's like, look, you get everybody, you do, you know, 45 minutes of improv training, you all pop out into breakout rooms and you just record it on your phone. And you each do, you know, three to five ideas and you answer the questions that your prospects ask you all the time.
0: You that know? They were asking all and week. You'll have. Oh, they were asking them all week, all day. Yeah. You overcame some, some you didn't. Now you yeah. get a chance to speak to it.
1: Yeah. And it's like what you do is now you have dozens and dozens of short little videos. You send them all to marketing and marketing just drips them out one or two at a time. And, um, you know, the one thing I've learned, the one thing I tell every single client I work with is like, I do not know what content, what quality content is. And neither do you, neither of us are qualified to say, what quality content is your audience is going to reveal to that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you put it out there. Some of it's going to break your heart cause you work too hard on it and it underperforms. Um, but the opposite of that is sometimes you do something and it's 30 seconds long and it was just something off the top of your head and it takes off and it blows up on LinkedIn and it blows up on TikTok and inbound start coming in. Um, but you're never going to reach that level until you can do lots of it, you know, yeah. and I would say, do, it's like, do you want to freedom? establish
0: what the cadence is? Right. You have to do enough of it to know right. what the audience likes. If you if you do. And the other thing is you have to do. You know, if you have five pieces to your cadence, you have to do each one of those five pieces 15, 20 times to see which ones they actually like so that you can become consistent with that and eliminate the one that, that isn't being uh, embraced. That, is, that isn't... Well,
1: you know, I mean, I do, it, I, I do it... I feel my method is much simpler than what a lot of people in sales do. Like, um, so we, we, I talk a lot about attention-grabbing, Because like obviously, video is is useful for that. It's it's easier to catch someone's video or attention on video than it is with an email. Um, But video is also great for like mid pipeline stuff. Yeah. You know, and literally, what I'll do is I will pull up my calendar, and I'm like, what do I have on the calendar this week? Okay, I've got two demos, and you know, I've got two new clients on there, and I'm going to ask this guy for a referral. And I just do my upcoming meetings too, and be like, hey, John. Looking forward to chatting with you tomorrow. Here's one thing I want you to think about. I'll see you tomorrow at 9. You know. Um, Hey, you've got your first uh, trading session with Chris Bogue. This is a video to let you know you do not have to prepare. It's going to be super fun. Um, And, yeah, get ready. It's going to be Wednesday at 3. And I go through, again, it will be a three- or four-minute video file. I have personalized messages for everybody. And it works because it's just 10 seconds long you know yeah and um everybody overthinks it and i'm like look this person is sitting at their home drinking coffee you know so um imagine if you were sitting across the table from them what would you say you know yeah. and again i'm you're, just speaking into you're the, not
0: into the camera yeah that is, is a-
1: one person there
0: in the club is powered by club colors Club Colors is the premium marketing solution for all branded apparel and promotional products utilized to drive your brand awareness and brand success. From concept to doorstep, Club Colors can source over 9 million different product solutions, decorate your logo, create custom kitting solutions, manage all logistics, and build, manage, and curate your company online store. The full, comprehensive, all-in-one solution for your brand. Our brand promise is right solution. Right place, right time. Allow Club Colors to create an inspiring brand experience for you and your team. Check us out at www.clubcolors.com. This is what's interesting about this, and I want to make sure that everyone is clear on this. We're not necessarily talking about social media content creation only. What Chris is talking about is if you're a sales representative, an SDR, a BDR, an AE, And uh, whether you're doing business development and you're trying to establish that first opportunity to actually present your your suite of services, Mm -hmm. or if you are just trying to retain that partnership and to keep somebody informed and fully aware of what's going on in the organization opportunities, you can dice all of your little content creation up into different sections. So, yes, some of your content is going to be on TikTok or LinkedIn that you're posting out to capture the attention of your current following and build a bigger following. But some of it's also 30 seconds just to check in and manage expectations. 30 uh, seconds of potentially confirming this appointment so that you increase your, uh, your sit percentage, if you will, and you have less no-shows, right? Um, those little reminders. So there's a lot of different ways to use this video creation in the sales cycle, in the sales funnel, yes?
1: Oh, yeah. And and, um, one of my favorites is it's a great way to introduce yourself up a hierarchy. You know, the example of this is like, let's say you're trying to get, you know, to some VP, you're trying to get to some executive. You know, you get a meeting with someone a couple ranks below them and it goes well, you know, um, now, what I was always taught in sales was like, okay, you gave the greatest demo in the world. That doesn't matter because the second it's done, the person you sold to now has to go sell to their organization. They got to sell they you to their boss.
0: 83% buck. of what you said too. Right. So
1: now what I do is I'll wrap up a demo. It'll go well. I'm going to be like, okay, well, I got to run this by my boss, George, to see if he wants to chat with you. And I go, great. Why don't we do this? I'll send you a video recapping the highlights of the things we talked about and you can send that to George and see if George would be willing to chat. And now what happens is I send it to them. Again, it's another one where it's 60 seconds long. I go, hey, this is a message for George. John and I just wrapped up a chat. I was very excited because we talked about this and this and this and this. And what I'd like to talk to you about is this. So let me know if you'd like to chat about that further. And no matter what, thanks for your consideration. You know, um, but Absolute I'm showing bold. up on my term. Yes. Um, and you could do this. I had a client once he was working in a more traditional kind of like, um, it was like energy. He was selling a solution to coal mines. You know, these people are not on LinkedIn. Um, but these people, they, they answer emails and cold calls still. It's kind of crazy. Um, so what you can do with that is instead of, you know, sending the email first or doing the cold call first, you know, you go, you ask for the decision maker, they go, you can't talk to him. He's busy. You go, I kind of figured that, um, you know, what we're doing is we're meeting with some industry leaders, later this month, um, because we're, we're producing this, you know, solution. We want them to check it out and I want to see if it's even worth your time, right? So what I was going to do is I was going to ask some questions and then our media department makes a video for you. So about why we think it might be potentially worth your while, you know? Um, and what this does is now it starts a conversation, you know? And usually you can get through to that person, or if you can't, you can at least ask some questions about what do they value? What would they need to see uh, in order to want to be interested in something like this? And then you make the video and you send it over. And now it's not, can I have 30 minutes of your calendar time? It's, hey, I wanted to see what you thought about that, you know? And oftentimes I'm just trying to create a curiosity gap. Yeah. Because if I call you and there's a reason to have a conversation, I can get that business meeting at the end of that conversation. But um, if you're just protecting your time, if you're protecting your calendar from me, I'm not even going to be able to like actually like get you to
0: pay attention to what I'm saying. This is absolute gold. And I'll tell you why, because the biggest objection that I think that um, I've gotten in my career and I think probably most salespeople, is the person you're speaking with is an influencer to the decision maker, but that was the person that you were going to have to start with. Or the person that you're speaking with is one of three decision makers. And now you have to be so good to convince them, but then you also have to educate them and then confirm that what they're going to say is consistent with what you just spent Years training to understand how to say, and now you expect them in an hour presentation to master what you've become an expert at and then deliver it to two partners that were not there. And they're going to somehow persuade and influence those folks to make that decision. This is absolutely brilliant as it relates to the follow-up. The follow-up, which is where many sales are gained. I would would make the argument that most sales are not one-time closed anymore. Most are going to be closed on a follow-up. And rather than you teaching the prospective uh, buyer in front of you how to sell it for you when you're the expert, you send a one-minute video essentially addressing that, taking that probably um, something that is daunting for them and, and kind of um, annoying, let's say. It's annoying. I don't know about you, but if you've been sold to for me to now have to go pitch it to one of my peers, it's annoying. But if you could just hand deliver me a 60 minute video or 60 second video where I go, hey, Bob, take a look at this. This is the guy I met with. He was absolutely brilliant. I really loved it. But here in his own words, this is what he's talking about. It changes the whole game. I think it's brilliant,
1: especially if the last meeting went badly. You know, again, um, revisiting that idea of controlling the last way you were perceived. Every salesperson, we've all done it. We've all been in the meeting where you think it's going to close. You've miscalculated. You throw a discount out. It doesn't work. You try to get another meeting. They say no thanks. They brush you off. You have just left yourself in a position of weakness. Yes. And what I have found is if the last perception somebody had of me was me being pushy or desperate or whatever, I'm going to make a video where I don't look like that. And I'm gonna send you a video being like, hey John, really appreciated speaking with you today. As a reminder, we covered this, this, and this. And if you ever wanna have another chat about that, just let me know, like have a good week. And this way, six months from now, if they have to go, what does this Chris Bogue guy do again? I don't remember. The last thing they're going to see is not an email where I'm like, okay, maybe yeah, I'll give please. you a 60% discount, but only before I to you too. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, that's right. Okay. Well, yeah, I remember this guy seems like professional and nice. And, um, you know, even like again, we talk about how like it doesn't even need to be you. Um, I've talking, I've been talking to people at in-person networking events recently, and like sales engineering is another classic example of this. Where like yeah. you have twenty-three-year-old people who this is their first salaried job ever in their life, and they're selling these technical solutions that they don't understand, and it's like you get shot down so easily by a CTO or whatever. But if you just get your UX designer on camera for 30 seconds being like, Hey, by the way, I'm, I designed this and here's, you know, um, you have that, you know, and customer success too. How much time do customer success reps spend answering the same question over and over and over? Whereas you send the 30 second being like, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to set up your profile. You go in here, you go in here, here's where you pick your emoji. And if you have any questions, you can click this button here and send me a message. But, you know, you you make these little 30-second explainers for the things that you have to explain all the time. And now you're not constantly taking phone calls and meetings to do those things. They're educating your buyers while you're doing the rest of your job. Because God knows, Hills is like 50 different jobs and it never stops.
0: Yeah. Well, the, and I think the main job is not to be the answer or to be the solution but the person that is going to run through walls to get you the solution, to get you the answer. And to your point with the sales analyst role, right? Um, a salesperson that's 23 talking to a CTO that's got you know, 15, 20 years of expertise and is managing you know, the overall brand message and, and is managing the direction of the mission and all those things, it's going to be very difficult to outsmart them or educate them. Right. So you're best served at that point to be the person that gets all the all the information as to what it is that they want, what their main objectives are, where they're trying to go with the brand, and then bring that to somebody who is an expert, get them on video and have them talk or speak to how. Right. So really, um, I love that you're doing that because most companies, most buyers don't want to buy just the salesperson or the product anyways. They want to buy the overall brand. What is the overall brand promise? What's the mission of the brand? And who are the people behind you supporting you that actually do the work? Right? Yes. This and
1: this is what I say any company who wants to get on TikTok, there are two videos that any company can make on TikTok. This is who we are and this is how we solve problems. Yeah either though for this is who we are you can show who works at the company who designed the product you could share testimonials who are the people Brave we help great for
0: recruiting by the way
1: yeah who are who are our best clients you can show them that and then how do we solve problems you know this is where the comedy comes in because usually um you know everything is is created to solve some sort of frustration, you know? And um, when I was first going to start doing comedy on LinkedIn, nobody got it. All the business leaders mm-hmm. were like, well, it's LinkedIn. We've got to be serious. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. You know? And then all the comedians were like, well, it's LinkedIn. You got to be serious. I'm like, no, look at TV history. Some of the most beloved sitcoms in history were about work. And the Harts best and commercials. And the office. Yeah, there was all about, you know, we spend so much time here. And, um, you know, I always say it's like my stuff looks like comedy because I spent years learning how to do comedy. You know, when I get a teacher that I'm working with, I don't tell them to go do sketch comedy. I go, go out there and teach. Mm -hmm. That is the type of thing that that they are most comfortable doing. Um, You know, my training, I I do my one-on-one training. I call it soliloquy training and I'm writing a book called soliloquy because I believe it's all just you and the audience. You know, it does not matter. We're all on the same screen. You know, your SDR is competing with your prospect's wife, is competing with Disney Plus and Netflix. You know, we're all fighting for that screen time. Um, So it's like you are just a face talking straight to the audience. It does not matter if it's content or video You have to think, like, how is my audience going to receive this, you know? Um, But, yeah, it is just like I I always say, like, I have not even begun to scratch the surface of what video can do. And I I feel that I am going way deeper on this than LinkedIn is. But it's like, guys, this is a brand new way to sell. And in some ways it's very scary, but in some other ways, it kind of takes us back to a bygone time where you could just walk into a building and start shaking hands and introducing yourself. You know, Um, I have conversations with extraordinary people all the time, including you, because I just show up and engage with their ideas, Mm -hmm. you know, and we can do that now. And um, I think people are just afraid they're going to get made fun of. There's a lot of, nastiness online and they're afraid they're going to get shamed and picked on. And, um, usually what happens is they just ignore you, you know, if they didn't like, well, your I'm video, just going go to be honest. I online. would
0: love to refer your book, but I don't, I don't use words that I can't spell. So that one's going to be a tough one for me. <laughs> I'm just going to direct them to your website. Uh, so yeah, speech, yeah. I think that, um, there's a really valid point though that you made there that you're not asking a teacher to be a comedian. You're asking a teacher to do the thing that they do best on video, which is teach. You're not asking a salesperson to be a technical expert. You're asking them to be influential and talk about problems that exist and do what they do on a regular basis on video. You're asking technical experts to talk about technical problems and how they solve them on video, right? So I just want to make sure that it's clear to everybody. Chris is using comedy because that is authentic to him. He is authentic in his delivery, and he's taken something that is innate to him that is also trained and turned it into a way of being authentic in video. You should do the same no matter the industry, no matter the role, no matter the technicality, be authentic and create video that people are going to look at and go, Yes, that makes sense. That's that person. And do it in your own style, right? Yes.
1: yes. And here's the thing I don't talk about. I talk about the Second City a lot because I trained there, and so did Bill Murray
0: and John Belushi. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Let's be honest.
1: Um, But there is another school of theater in Chicago called Neo-Futurism that is much more obscure. If you've ever heard of the show Too Much Light Makes the Baby Go Blind, they changed it now. It's it's something different now, but – it is this experimental theater that runs in Andersonville. And the premise is they do uh, 30 plays in 60 minutes. Wow! And it is, it is the opposite of Second City because you are not allowed to play characters. You have to be yourself. You are not allowed to lie. You are not allowed to make up stories. And it's all about taking the audience on an experience with you. And half of what makes my LinkedIn content and my TikTok content interesting is I am just sitting there looking straight at the camera, not trying to be anything. And um, especially, you look at sales and customer success too, account management. These are typically people with high emotional intelligence. They are friendly people. Um, they are they are easy people to get along with. And you know, I talk so much about the words and the outbound strategy and stuff, but really, if you are a genuine person, that shines through on the video and. Um, You know, there's a reason why we ask for phone calls. There's a reason why we ask for sales meetings. It's because when you're in a one-on-one situation like that, you get all these extra storytelling tools. You get your eyes, you get your tone of voice, um, you know, you get pauses, you get all these different things where your humanity comes through. And that's really what you're getting on video, you know? And um, my plan was to get on video and just do the sales thing. I did not... Think I was going to get back into comedy. I was on a three or four year comedy hiatus, and um, the video you you start learning things about yourself. You pick up little skills that you didn't even realize and you, you have. rely on skills. And you rely intuition. on intuition again. You are getting up there. yeah. It is. You are yeah. Um, but again, people are they're they're so busy thinking about. Oh, I wish I had a million people clicking the like button that it's like, you have one person who, you know, you're both sitting 18 inches away from your camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just sit there and t- you know, I always say, there's a lot of sports coaches in, uh, sales. And I always say, I'm a theater director, you know, the sports coaches are always trying to build up the grit. They're always like, you got to do the 99 calls because maybe the hundredth is the one where they're going to pick up. I flip that around. I say with me, every performance, you have to be prepared to give the performance of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. If call number one, if that first call at eight in the morning, you get that decision maker and he's got you've got his attention, you gotta be on. You gotta make sure. Yes. But it's like I tell them
0: it's you can't lose.
1: Yeah, well, and here's the secret of theater too. They are the main character. You are the supporting character. And um, I was always very unhappy in life when I wanted to be the main character of everybody's story. And then I did sketch comedy and I learned audiences actually don't like the main character the best. They like the character that walks on once, gets that hilarious line and walks off, you know. so if you remember that your prospect is the star. And your job is just to be a little bit more delightful, a little bit more interested in them, a little bit more curious, a little bit more fun and playful than everything else in their inbox. You know, all they're going to see is potential for themselves. And um, I really embrace being a minor character and it's made me so much happier. And um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's what improv is and that's the ethos I'm bringing to my business and um, the more I lean into that the more it's it's working for me
0: well chris what i what I hear from you and what I really like is you really are um you know kind of focusing on giving your prospective clients and your and your current clients a reason to buy instead of selling um it's and that that is a much more um I don't know. It's a lot easier way of embracing a presentation when somebody is guiding me towards reasons to buy and the benefit and value in doing so instead of overcoming objections and trying to close me. Right. That becomes really annoying. But I want to I want to throw this out to you. Right. As as a director of sales that might be listening or a VP of sales, let's say has 30 salespeople. And they've recognized Mm -hmm. that email and phone are still effective, but they're not as effective as they were. And now we're about to approach another difficult economic condition where you're going to have to really stand out from the noise and you're really going to have to differentiate. And there's going to be budget cuts and all these different things. So now I, I, I see value. I've listened to you speak, and I would imagine people are seeing value. I, I hear it. I see it. What's the point of entry? How do you start with, Uh, with a potential company? What's the point of entry to bring in Christopher Bogue uh, Communications? What's the point of entry? How do you start with my sales team in order to get to a point where implementation happens and we start to become effective? Where's that start point? Uh,
1: Well, there's going to be a new start point very soon because I'm releasing a course this summer. So Chris Bogue's guide to video prospecting, Um, you know, it's, it's, it is my uh, first course offering, but um, it's going to be set up where you take the course. It's not just about getting on video. It's not just about script writing and outbound, but it's about list building. You know, part of my secret sauce is I know who to send the video to. So um, this uh-huh. is going to be a product that sales leaders can buy, where by the time you're done with the course, you will have 25 prospecting videos shot and ready to go. So um, that is a good starting point. Personally, for my services, um, I do a 90-minute session called the Overture. That's often how clients get started with me. It is a 90-minute one-on-one session where we break down your sales goals. We talk a lot about your audience. Um, I break your audiences down into sub-audiences, and we just come up with a bunch of content ideas and a bunch of um, video best practices and a bunch of ways to grow your presence on social media. Uh, And then that actually comes with a document. So I produce a document after that based on the transcript. Like an ideation. Yeah, if they want to bring me in as a... Yeah. Um, So it's like you get a big list that's broken down into five different sections. So you can take that and uh, do it yourself or you can bring me in as a coach. So sometimes I coach people one on one. Um, That's the one on one soliloquy coaching. Um, So like right now I'm training a sales of VP so he can roll it out to the rest of his team. Um, Or you can do Chris Bogues ensemble training. So, again, I was trained at the Second City. Um, I spent a lot of time working with ensembles, writing and training groups and practicing with groups that I was not in. Um, and I would turn your ensemble into my ensemble for a week. So that's a series of workshops. Uh, one of them is improv on camera. So we cover on camera basics on camera training. Um, there's a script writing workshop too. So we map out all the significant stages of customer journey and we get little 32nd repeatable templates for all of them. And then the third day is a batching day where we batch a bunch of content. Um, So you could do that. That's a one-week program. Or if you want to bring me in for a month, I'll build a certification process for you. So as we talked about earlier, it's very important to make sure that everybody speaks in a consistent voice. So yeah, I recommend just like sales teams have a demo certification process, they should also have a video certification process where you are not allowed to send videos to prospects unless you can speak in the company voice and you can keep them to 60 seconds or shorter, so oh, executive uh, decision
0: makers are going to love that because staying within brand guidelines and making sure that you are speaking to the brand voice and the brand messaging is probably the biggest reason why more executive teams have not jumped on board with this and allowed their sales teams and their their overall staff to build personal brands. They they're not against it. I don't think they're fueling it, and I think that that's been the holdup. Is they don't have clearly defined brand guidelines as it relates to video creation, content creation, copyright and messaging um, all in one that allows their people to be free within those boundaries. Yeah, because nobody.
1: Again, they they do not teach this in business school. Right. So um, what I tell them is you already have the words. Right, you know what works on the phone. You know what works in emails. You know what drives meetings. You know what moves business through the pipeline. So you have the words somewhere between marketing and sales. You you figured it out already. Yeah. And um, you have the talent. I go to them. They're like, "Well, my STRs are 22 years old." I go, "You know what that means? They're better at TikTok than I am." One. You give a 22 year. They know what
0: they're yeah, doing. Yeah, they,
1: they know how to put the light. They know where to hold it. Um, what they don't have is permission to go out there and do it, you know? So um, yeah, I tell them you absolutely can do this. I say, um, when I was a sales rep, I used to make 25 in an afternoon and I would go about one in five. I would set five demos from 25 videos. Um, Now as a business owner, it's much more effective. I'll do five, sometimes I'll go five for five, I'll get five responses, you know? But yeah, anytime someone's like, well, I just got a figure, we're just going to wing it. I go, okay, well, if you want to process, that'll probably work better, you know? And it's like, I kind of laugh at these guys because they're all like process, process, process. And I'm like, what would you do if your SDR told you I made seven cold calls and it didn't work? I'm giving up. There's Uh no way you would stand for it. Yeah, yeah. But that's what they do with video. That's what they do with video. And it's like, cause they don't like to lose. So it's like, gang, I am, I am doing this all publicly because early on someone told me, they're like, you know what? The only way you're going to be able to prove this to B2B is you got to go out there and drink your own Kool-Aid. You know? Mm-hmm. So I haven't made a cold call or a cold email in a long time. You know, if I'm reaching out to yeah. someone cold, it's probably got a video in it. Well, and, you got to master um, it before you
0: can teach it, right?
1: Right. And that's why it's like, I built it up for a year before I released the course because, um, you know, I'm just doing what works, you know, I've, I've had to make a lot of mistakes. Um, there is a steep learning curve to video because it is, there's moving parts. It is, it is video. It is your performance. It is how the video is filmed. It's how it's labeled. If there's text on screen, it's a visual thing too. It is like, um, most people don't get it right on their first try, you know, and sales leaders know I mean, how long did it take them to get good at cold calling? You know you gotta work up
0: takes a long. you time. gotta
1: fail a lot. you gotta find your yeah. own style, you know, and it's like they don't have the patience to learn this. and I'm like, well, that's great. I just spent a year and a half uh doing that first, you know, and um every day i I learned so much. Every day, I learn a million new things. Some of that's from following the video companies themselves, Vidyard, BombBomb, Loom. Um, Some of it is following, you know, a lot of my best stuff comes from YouTube influencers Mm -hmm. and uh, filmmakers. And, um, you know, it's like I've acquired a very eclectic style here, but at the end of the day, it's just a person talking to their phone.
0: Yeah. You know, and everything can have a certain level of copycat to it. We just got to put our own authentic personality to it. But what I love about this is that – you're really trying to break that cycle and get folks to understand that uh, selling through video creation and content creation is not um, like, you know, this this things that's going to come and go. It's going to continue to build. And those of you that are managing sales departments, that are managing brands, you better start to catch on to it because there are more and more folks that are talking about this. And there are more and more folks that are turning it into a business just like Chris has. And there are more and more folks that are mastering this on LinkedIn and the formula is out there. And those sales teams, we see this. And we talk to companies about you know how to build their brand, right? We're a brand management firm with two-dimensional promotional products and so on. But now we're starting to talk about how do you turn that into content creation uh, and getting your me- your full message across in a holistic manner. And what we're finding is, to your point, folks are afraid of it. Because it's not something that is, um, is process-driven that has a system to it. You're building that. You're overcoming that, right? And you're turning it into a system. Once there's a system, then folks tend to calm down. They tend to calm down because they actually can rely on a process that will, is duplicatable and repeatable. And much like cold calling, if you're consistent with it, you'll eventually get better at it.
1: Yeah, and the fun thing is, and whenever I do my show, too, I I make it a point to bring on people who are doing it at a high level, who have no training at all in sketch yeah. comedy or improv. You know, a lot of the people who come on my show, they are just people with jobs. Um, you look at like what uh, Vidyard is doing. Will Aitken, no training. No, that man is not a trained yeah. performer. Uh, He is quite entertaining. He is quite good on camera. And, um, you know, I did an episode with a woman. She's a teacher. She runs a a school for uh, or she works with dyslexic parents, dyslexic teachers and stuff like that. Her TikToks get 1.4 million views. She is not an actress. She's a teacher. Yes. And I tell them it's like they, they all say the same thing. They started making it. And then one of them lands and all of a sudden they realize this is a lot more fun than I realized and you watch them and you see they are having fun. And I always say in sales, you know, people hate pressure playful is a hard energy to say no to. And I give them the opportunity to play.
0: Yeah. Well, Chris leave us with your final inspiration. Leave us with something that has been instrumental for you to, um, you know, you have a positive energy, man. You just do. I mean, you beam. So that, that came from somewhere. Um, I did see a post that you did on father's day. It looks like you got a great father that, that, uh, gets the joke right. And, and supports you, but what's the inspiration for you? What's the thing that when your feet hit the ground in the morning, you say to yourself internally, or you live by,
1: um, I love people, and I think people are too hard on themselves. And um, right now, there is a hunger for just, like, something that's real. And um, I I have a lot of fun uh, in my comedy. It's almost always at my own expense. I am trying to do something that is not putting people down, that is not judging people. And, um, yeah, the more you go out there and just support cool people, the better it is for you. So, um, I hope everybody has enjoyed this conversation. You want to follow my stuff, (laughs) click my bell on LinkedIn. I do this every day. Um, but yeah, if you want to just go out there and be a real person, there's a whole lot of people who are sick of the BS. And they just want to have fun. They just want to enjoy life. They just want to have meaningful relationships. And they'll talk to you. You know, there's a whole Um, lot of people
0: out there that you don't know that will connect with you, that you had no idea would connect with you by simply just being yourself and being authentic and not being so hard on yourself, as you said, right? And just kind of letting letting it go. Um, Everyone who's listening to this, you've got a ton of qualities. Let them rip. Last thought. Last thought.
1: Um, Just because someone said this to me, and I really love this. One of my friends who's a mentor who's been doing the YouTube thing for like eight years. Um, Andy Warhol predicted that everybody would get 15 minutes of fame. And it looks like he underestimated that. We all get infinite amount of fame if we want it. Um, The new way, the new take on Andy Warhol's thing is I say, it's not everybody's going to get 15 minutes of fame. It's, it does not matter who you are. Somewhere on the internet, there are a million people who would be interested in what you have to say?
0: Ain't that true? You can find
1: your audience. Everybody's got it somewhere. Just be a regular person. I promise you, there's a million people somewhere who'd be into it.
0: Well, Chris, I think that you just hit a million people's hearts. Hopefully, a million people listen to this. Chris Bogue you have been in the club, powered by Club Colors. Thank you so much for joining us. Please check out Chris on LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube. Go to his page, check him out, check out Chris Boge, Christopher Bogue uh, Communications, and why not, why not send him a video message, have him rate it, have him give you some advice. Maybe there's a chance that you could partner and take over the sales world together. Chris, thank you so much once again. You've been in the club. Be well. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Yes, In the Club, powered by Club Colors, is proud to be sponsored by Fossa Apparel. All guests on In the Club will receive a gift from Fossa Apparel. Check them out at fossaapparel.com.